what is authentic branding and why is it the most important piece of your marketing strategy? Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top 1% producer and top realtor TikToker, Randy Baru. But before we get to Randy, just a couple of quick reminders. First, please support our sponsors. They are so awesome. We love them. They help keep our bills paid. So help keep their bills paid. Check out the services and products they offer. We are very, very particular about who we bring on as our sponsors and it's only people and companies that we believe can help you grow your business. So check out our sponsors and also tell a friend about our podcast, especially anyone who is struggling this year in their branding or any marketing efforts. This is the episode they should check out, but send it to someone else in your office who, who maybe is could use uh, a boost or some more information about how top agents are branding and marketing. Send them a link to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Best place for all things for this podcast. They can stream every episode we've ever done right from a browser. Or if they're a podcast person, um, just do a search for Keeping It Real. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a review too. We really appreciate it. Helps us get in front of more people. All right, guys, let's get to the main event. My conversation with Randy Baru. Today on the show, my guest is Randy Baru from the Corcoran Group in New York City. Let me tell you more about Randy. Now, with over 20 years of experience as a New York City real estate professional, Randy Baru enjoys a, enjoys a proven record of sales success and lasting relationships with the people he has helped over the course of his career. Now, whether they are looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest, Randy's attention to detail and dedication to his clients' needs have enabled him to consistently exceed their expectations. Randy's passion for real estate is fueled by his love of New York City, its history, architecture, and distinctive culture. 
He's also an avid traveler with a large global network of real estate professionals and investors who call upon him for his expert advice and knowledge of the New York City residential market. Now, Randy was born in San Francisco, but moved to Manhattan after receiving a Master's of Fine Arts from Carnegie Mellon University, where he spent his final semester studying in Moscow, Russia. Uh, Randy enjoys exploring New York City restaurants, museums, and parks with his family, is a member of Corcoran Cares and the Real Estate Board of New York. Please learn everything about Randy at his website, which is baruteam.com. That's B-A-R-U-H, B-A-R-U-H, team.com. Uh, by the way, we will have links to, uh, to all of Randy's uh, links, uh, all of Randy's um, social media accounts and his website in our show notes. But if you want to visit brewteam.com, also please follow him on Instagram and YouTube. You can find him both both places uh, which at Randy Baru and also on TikTok where he is just crushing it right now, which is at Randy underscore Baru. Again, the links to those are in our show notes. Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to chat with you. I'm excited to chat with you as well. You will be our first TikTok uh, agent. And I know you're wow. not necessarily a TikTok agent, but somebody who's doing well on TikTok. Um, and you know we've done 500 some episodes. So this is, uh, this is a really fun one for us. But before we get to today, let's go all the way back to the beginning. And I'd love to hear about why you got into real estate, how you got into real estate, and Great. what that process was like for you. Amazing. So thanks again for having me. I, I am excited to be here. Um, I got my real estate license in August of 2000. So that's almost 23 years ago. I cannot believe it. Um, moved to New York in 1996 uh, after receiving my master's of fine arts degree from Carnegie Mellon and the Moscow Art Theater School in Acton. So I came to New York um, and I, you know, I'm getting these dings from these messages. Let me turn that what, off. Was the intention to be an actor? That was the, the path? Yeah, the were... intention was to be an actor, um, but I immediately started directing plays and I adapted this play from this Russian novella about a stray dog who gets turned into a man by this mad scientist and runs around the city killing cats. And <laughs> uh, that play won a number of awards. And uh, at the time, I was working for different Broadway producers who encouraged me to get rid of my admin job, helping them do their uh, creative endeavors and working on their shows and just to pursue my own dreams. And so for my day job, I went and got my real estate license. There were a couple other actors that I had worked with and directed in plays who just got their real estate licenses. And so I got my real estate license and I was, this was in 2000. So I was, I think I was like 29, almost 30 years old. And I started working with a friend who was an actress who was one of the creators of this musical called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which is ran on yeah. Broadway once. Oh yeah, Awards that was a big one. Yeah. Being produced all over. And I had a theater company with her and a couple other people who created that show, including this guy, Dan Fogler, who's an actor. He's on all the Fantastic Beasts and Where They Come From movies. He played Francis Ford Coppola in The Offer. It was recently on Paramount Plus. He's an amazing guy and great actor. And so we have this theater company and when I wasn't directing plays, I was teaching. I was also walking dogs. I was also uh, doing coaching for actors. And I was running around all over New York City, renting the least expensive apartments and that you could actually ever find. All from down in the East Village and the Lower East Side, all the way up to 214th Street in Harlem. 
And I directed uh, a lot of plays between 2000 and I would say 2008. I probably directed 30 shows. I worked with actors like Jessica Chastain um, in her final show at Juilliard. Uh, I worked, she was in the same class as Michael Urie, who's now on a show on HBO. Um, they worked together and I directed them in, in their final show at Juilliard, directed Jeremy Strong, who's one of the lead actors in Succession, um, in his first professional play in New York, as well as a couple other shows, and some other amazing actors who've gone on to win Tonys, Emmys, and Oscars. Wow. Um, and that was kind of what I was doing while I was renting these tiny little apartments. And eventually I didn't have to walk the dogs or, or teach uh, in the elementary schools. And I was really only directing. And then when I finished a show, then I'd go back to real estate and, and make a bunch of money doing that. Sure. Um, it was really fun. It was a great lifestyle. I got to, to set my own hours. I enjoyed exploring the city and uh, finding my way into a lot of these uh, incredible apartments um, and, oh, sorry about that. I'm going to turn my, are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Um, sorry for these technical difficulties here. Um, I'm a, I'm a real estate agent, not the greatest uh, computer guy. Um, so let me just, as we, as we're paused here, I'm just going to turn turn this off um, turn off yeah we're, we're really lucky so my office here in or our office here the, the company office is actually just down the street from the uh the steppenwolf theater here in chicago so we're very very fortunate to be that close to to the greatness of steppenwolf and my coworker who actually That's... sits behind me is a big Steppenwolf guy. And so he goes to see a lot of, we, we both go to see quite a few productions. Oh, that's amazing. I love the Steppenwolf company. I follow them. I've never been to Chicago, but definitely, you know, all the incredible actors who've come out of there. And so just to get back on track. So I was directing plays and I was doing real estate. And after a while, I took a little break from directing shows and tried to save up a bunch of money. Um, and went full 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 into real estate um didn't really do anything else i spent like six months just trying to save up as much as i can and sure. i was renting i i rented about a hundred apartments uh that year that, and by, really, by the way can i pause can i pause you yeah, for a sure. second because new york city rentals are very different from most other cities where and i, and I don't know that this was the case in all of 100 rentals, but I, I'm sure it was at least some of them. Whereas in most cities, the landlords or the management companies or the owners of the property pay commissions. But in New York, it's not uncommon that the tenant actually pays the, the realtor commission. Um, was that the case for, for a certain percentage of your, by yeah, the way, the that just seems like a difficult, mm -hmm. that's a difficult thing to ask for, uh, at least for all of us that don't ever have to ask that question, uh, of our, of our renters. So um, right. my, my hat's off to you. Cause that is a tough Yeah. One. So in, in New York city, in these, the tenants always paid the commission at that right. time. I worked with about 10 landlords that between them owned about 2,000 buildings. Wow. And we didn't co-broke at all. We only, um, we only did, uh, we, we only worked with ourselves. 
And so the landlords didn't want us to co-broke and they were, sure. they didn't ever want to pay the fee. So we only charged the tenants the fee. So I would show, we, we had about 350 uh, units at that time. Can you hear these dings? No, no, we, I, we can't hear them. So you're good. Oh, you can't hear them. So it's just, no, me. no, you're oh, totally thank good. God. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you're a busy writer. You get lots of dings. Me. That's what it's happens. my wife at this point. Um, <laughs> but um, so so I had about 350 vacancies at any given time. And I would, if someone didn't like apartment number one, I'd have two, three, four, and five to show them. Then eventually I, one of them, they would love, I would take them to the bank. This is what we used to be able to do in these days. We can't do this and we don't do this today, but I'd take them to the bank. I'd have them fill out an application. I would take a deposit. I would write them a receipt and I would take the apartment off the market for them and, and the apartment would basically be theirs. And then I would take them to a, like a cookie place and get them some cookies. <laughs> um, I did that for about eight years, wow. renting a, between 120 to 150 apartments a year. That's um, amazing. And it was like 12 hours a day, seven days a week, waking mm -hmm. up and pounding the pavement. I never went into the office except when I needed to hand in commission checks. And it was, it was, really fun. I remember those days as just a great time. Um, I still stayed connected to all of my theater and entertainment folks and started then helping them find apartments to rent and eventually to buy. And, you know, it was nice because I was able to make a living to pay my rent, to not stress out about, you know, where, you know, where the next a utilities bill is going to come from. I started out like crashing on a friend's house, uh, on a friend's couch in Hoboken, New Jersey, after I broke up with my girlfriend in downtown New York and didn't have a place to live. So I was, all my stuff was in a Manhattan mini storage and I would commute into the city. I would go to the Manhattan mini storage. I would get in my dog walking attire. I'd walk the dogs and I'd go back into my real estate showing attire. I'd show apartments all over the city. And eventually I saved enough money to get my own apartment. I was sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag until I rented enough apartments to get a bed. Then I got a bed. That was like a huge improvement. Um, and, uh, and I just really like was tired of the ups and downs of a theater career. It's a very much a feast and or famine type of career. And just hyper-focused when I was working on a play it was my life. I didn't, I couldn't think of anything else like that I was supposed to do when I was working on a show, but then the show would be over and I would come back to reality and think, Oh my God, like, how am I going to pay my rent now? And I would be freaking out and have to run out and rent a bunch of apartments really fast. So that lifestyle wasn't really great for my anxiety levels. Sure. Funnily enough, the crazy world of real estate is fine for my anxiety levels. Um, <laughs> Oddly enough, you found the one the one industry that's more stressful than real estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing with real estate is I feel like you get as much out of it that, as you put into it. Right. With it's theater and fair, stuff, you could put good. a million things into it. And there's so many things outside of your... your um, competence level or outside of your talent level that have that play into it sure. um, with real estate you know i've found i'm a people person and i've always been a people person i love working with people helping people i love the city 
Um, I like transacting. I like negotiating. And I'm able to bring a creativity to it. So I'm still able to bring that, that part of myself to my job. And so I've just found like, if I take that exact same work ethic of being able to pour myself into my work and enjoy it, that I'm able to kind of reap, reap a reward. You know, the more people you help, the more people you're able to have a positive impact and word spreads and business kind of come, comes back to you. Um, so, so yeah, so it eventually after about eight years, I met my wife um, and I decided that, you know, with her encouragement that let's branch out and, and really focus on sales, um, you know, where I wouldn't have to work 12 hour days, seven days a week, pounding the pavement. I still do work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but I'm not like pounding the streets of New York showing apartments for 12 hours a day. A lot of my work is on my phone. A lot of my work is from the office. I do open houses every Sunday. My team, we do get rentals. I'll work on Saturdays as well, but it's, it's a different lifestyle. It's a, it's a more um, predictable lifestyle. It's, it's a more manageable lifestyle than, you know, when I was renting apartments, these were $800 a month studios, $1,000 a month, one bedrooms, $1,200 a month, two bedrooms, and $1,500 a month, three bedrooms. So I went and I just went to the bank to get like a new credit card. And I hadn't like on my personal card, I have a business account and different accounts or whatever. But on my personal account, I haven't gotten like a new credit card since I built up my credit. I didn't even have credit when I was like came to New York. I had a 570 credit score. And I had to get a secured credit card. And I put my income down as 50000 a year. So she comes down. She's like, so what's your income level today? And she shows me what it was when I first got the card. And I'm like, wow, you know, $50,000 a year. It, it was just like, that was a whole different lifetime ago. And um, it was humbling. And I, I still see myself as that same exact guy. But now we're selling, you know, 10, 20, $30 million properties, as well as, properties in the $300,000 because we were, sure. I still kept that low, um, low budget level business and just expanded to a much higher um, level business as well. But I, we do it all on my team. We feel like we want to help every, like our mantras, we want to get every New Yorker a great place to live, no matter their budget, no matter, you know, we, we really do specialize in Brooklyn and Manhattan. So when I get people looking for in other boroughs, Staten Island or Queens or something like that, I have an amazing referral network that I refer them to if we can't help them. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's like my trajectory. So started off in 2000, renting these crazy apartments from the East Village up to Harlem. And then in 2008 to 2010 is when things started getting more into the sales and, and, I came over to Corcoran in 2011. Wow. That's, well, yeah. that's quite, it's quite a story. It's, I, I love it because you basically grinded it out <clears throat> and you started, you started with, with a very difficult task. Again, convincing, uh, renters, uh, to, to pay you a commission to, you know, because you had access to these properties, um, is, is not an easy thing that most realtors ever have to ask for unless they work in New York and Boston, I think is a little bit that way. And there's, oh. there's a few other cities that where it, it's New like, but York it's rare. So, it is rare. Yeah. New York <laughs> is so different. I mean, yeah. the tenants pay the commissions when the property sells itself. A yeah. lot of times, especially during the pandemic, 
you know, we didn't want properties to sit around. And so the landlords would pay a commission for a small period of time. But usually if the landlord pays the commission here in New York, there's something wrong with the property. Right. There's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. And I mean, I just rented in a, a townhouse that I put on the market and I had it on the market for about a week. We did one showing and the first person to look at it took it $17,000 a month and they paid the full commission. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. And that was like one day's worth of showings. Um, so it's, it can get very expensive. Um, and it just depends on the price point and, and, and what the particular tenant can afford. If sure. we do also list, you know, much lower priced properties, I own some investment properties in a building up on 138th street and it's a different, it's a different economic level of, of renter. And those, those renters, sometimes we do still offer, you know, no fee because someone who's renting a $17,000 a month apartment can afford to pay a fee. Someone right. is renting That's a, a, a $1,500 to $2,000 a month apartment, they're in, in a different financial um, situation. And so, you know, we, we, if you can, and then also I rented something recently and I don't want to just promote myself as a rental agent. We do everything. Sure, we do sales. Um, but we rented something in Waverly Place where, you know, a lot of companies will move their employees to New York City and cover the entire moving cost. And, and that's what happened in that particular situation. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's, it's a different, different, um, a different experience, the, the rental game in New York. And then to transition from that, which I know a lot of agents get stuck in the rental game because it, it's yeah. so it's so well, continuous and I, it's I was so... stuck in it and i'll say that for those eight years because you get paid immediately um you get paid when the lease si is signed and here in new york we want leases signed within 24 hours of acceptance so if someone if i show someone a rental property they want it i send them a link within 24 hours they're going to apply if it's uh, a condo or or a townhouse, the owner's going to approve them usually within 24 hours. Then we want leases signed within 24 hours of that. And at that point, they're going to submit their rent, security deposit, and broker's fee. With sales, you're getting paid, you know, 90 days from a contract signing. So if you're lucky, you'll sell something within the first three months. And then you have three more months for the deal right. to close to get paid. Right. Now, the market there's not any one it's hard to say the market here in new york city because each different neighborhood is its own submarket so i listed a home for sale in brooklyn heights and i like i said i work all over brooklyn and manhattan brooklyn is very very hot and it's been hot for a while i listed a home for 3.85 million dollars i did one open house we had 30 people there we had five offers every offer was all cash the property went into contract a few days later for $4.2 million and we closed two weeks later. Amazing. Basically did one open house for that property and um, sold for 10% above the asking price. And the whole thing lasted from like mid-January to mid-February and then, and then it was like pretty much finished. But that's a condo. It's a boutique building. The owner of the property knew the board. They encourage them to move quickly. Management companies sometimes could take about seven days to process an application. They may have some questions back and forth. And um, that was a very, very quick sale transaction. They're not always that way um, because you're dealing with boards.
Yeah, um, and, and the and the and co-op boards in particular in New York are, are challenging because oftentimes there's an interview process where even yeah. though every everything looks good, you still got to win over the the board and make and sure you don't say or do anything stupid. Win over the board. Sometimes we've been in situations where you know co-ops accept pets on a case by case basis, and they actually want the dog to come in there and <laughs> see how friendly the dog sure. is. So you, you're you've got to coach your pet on the board interview as well. <laughs> The the pets being interviewed, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it was funny. My my sister had had a well anyway. I could tell that story later, but my sister had a condo in, in the West Village, and um and she's uh, she had to go in front of the board. I mean, everything went fine, and, and but it was yeah. she was like, it's a weird experience, and uh, it anyway, is. Then, it's a funny when, experience. Yeah. Usually, if you get a board interview, you're pretty much in anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. if they if you weren't in, they wouldn't even give you an interview. It's right. it's very rare. I don't think it's ever even happened where I've gotten a buyer on the buyer side into a board interview and something happened and they didn't get it. Usually, right. you know, we have a list of, um, you know, top tips, tips for winning a board interview that we provide to every client. And it's very much like, um, you know, be yourself. Don't question the board, just be there for their questions. Yeah. You know, don't offer too much information outside of the questions they ask you. And don't look at it in any sort of like um, negative way. It's really like we want to meet who our neighbor is going to be. Yeah. yeah. And get be pleasant, be nice. Move into the building. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Don't, don't be the person that they go, oh, God, that person's going to be a problem. Um, yeah, don't yeah. don't just talk about all of the work that you're ready to do on your apartment the minute you close, because who knows that board member that you're sitting across the table from might be your downstairs neighbor. Right. You know, just be like, oh, the place is great. We might do a couple little things here and there. The board knows if you're buying a, an estate sale level property that that the person's going to want to do work, or if you're buying a a turnkey, you know, pristine apartment. Don't talk about how you're going to rip up the floors and put in new floors, you know, right. just keep it simple, keep it brief, get through it, close, and then, you know, do your thing. Well, you are not only started out as a successful leasing agent in New York and then transitioned to not just being a working with, with buyers and sellers, but working really in, in the sort of upper levels of luxury uh, properties. But I, I really don't want to talk as much about that only because um, you are also doing something that I, I have not yet uh, found from one of our guests uh, yet, which I'm really excited to talk about, which is I really want to talk about marketing specifically. Amazing. I'd love to hear. I want to hear about uh, your social media success because, and I just want to reiterate what we Actually, I didn't say this earlier. Um, so Randy has, has an incredible social media following. And by the way, he's not somebody in his early 20s doing this, right, where you would expect these the kind of numbers I'm about to share with you to be somebody who is who is just skewing younger. But uh, Randy's actually having the success as, as you know, a, a man in his 40s, you know. And, and so, 50s. I'm sorry, 50s. My apologies. Yeah. I was uh, – I was – well, yeah. even more impressive. And he has 20,000 Instagram followers, but here's the really amazing 300,000 followers on TikTok. So I would love to talk to you about what the role of social media is in your marketing strategy, how Great. it works and how you think it became so, so effective for you. Yeah. I love talking about this because this is where I can really bring in my creativity. 
because I'm a storyteller. And as we said earlier, you know, I started in the world of theater. I've had the good fortune of being in an amazingly fertile group of creative artists in the early mid nineties here in New York city, actors who've gone on to win Academy Awards, Emmy Awards, Tony Awards, writers who've won Emmy Awards, um, nominated for Academy Awards. And I bring a lot of this creativity into my marketing. And so, you know, what we found is creating fun, engaging marketing pieces through video that, that connect on an emotional level creates a very meaningful connection between myself and potential clients or just audience members. And, and it's really been effective and it's spread. You know, I always feel like if you build it, they will come. And so we've just put, uh, you know, a, we've leaned into social media as a way of being able to be authentic and show my authentic self to the widest variety of people as possible. So now, in, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So in January, 2021, when we were, when we were quarantined during the pandemic, my wife and I started watching this show, Emily in Paris, which I don't sure. know if you're familiar and um, in January of 2021, I called my assistant. I said, we need our own Emily in Paris. I, I don't know how to do all of this TikTok stuff. You know, Instagram, I'm just putting videos of me and my kids. YouTube, I'd make these videos that were great, like short films. And I still do a lot of that. You know, I have some videos going to my YouTube channel, at Randy Baru. And one of my first very creative videos is Meet the Randy Baru Team, which is a combination. It's, it's like if The Office met Million Dollar Listing with kids. <laughs> oh, and so great. I used my son, who's like the in an Alex P. Keaton. Sorry for <laughs> the old fogey family. Oh, I, I know. Reference. I know. Yeah, of course. But, you know, it's very much done like an episode of The Office where we're all talking to the camera and then the handheld is showing us at our jobs and then it's like and this new agent is really doing great and it like goes to like max and he's on the phone and he's like listen you want the deal or not and it's really really funny and that's like a great intro to me and my team and our senses of sense of humor and, and how much i love the job and, and stuff like that and these youtube videos really started taking a life of their own and i i did this one that looks like a century 21 commercial from like the late 70s that's in crackling kind of uh, video. And I have this incredible video production company called the Real Estate Production Network that I use. And they really do like, like the production levels of my videos are very much like a short film. I did one, I had a $10 million townhouse and I hired a Broadway choreographer who I know from when I used to direct the Williamstown Theater Festival. And I said, I wanna do a musical. And so I hired her, I, she got a body double. And, and I always like to reference old movies from the 80s and 90s. So this one was like a cross between American Beauty, where you get that sure. scene where Annette Bening is cleaning the house before an open yeah. house. And she's like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, sell yeah. this house. And she's right. washing the it, windows. She's in her and suit stuff. and she's cleaning yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's a cross between that and the beginning of Adventures in Babysitting, when Elizabeth <laughs> Shue is dancing <laughs> through her through her, her, her room getting yeah. dressed for a show. So it's basically me dancing through this $10 million house, cleaning the windows, fluffing the pillows, getting it ready, and uh, tap dancing and cartwheeling. And it's, it's amazing. It, it, the video is phenomenal. It's won some awards. It's a really, it was a labor of love. And it's, a, it's joy. It's just exuding joy, joyfulness, and spreading joyfulness. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful video. And, 
I encourage people to check it out. It's called On Your On My Toes at Three Eleven West Broadway. Um, we, we will we will post a link to that in the show notes as well, so everyone great. can watch this because I I need to see this. That sounds yeah. Amazing. So back in 2021, I call my assistant. I'm like, we need an Emily in Paris. We hired this woman, really, really cool lady, and she was like 21 years old. She's like, you got to do TikTok. I'm like, great. So because I've been in the business for so long and I'm fortunate enough to have created really trusting, good relationships with agents all over New York City in all price ranges, and Corker and Sunshine is one of the biggest marketing marketers of new developments in the city, I was able to get access to a $50 million apartment. So 2021, TikTok was still pretty new coming off of the pandemic, especially to people in my age range and especially in real estate. There wasn't a lot of other people doing this. And I came up with this idea. I can like almost like um, lifestyles of the rich and famous from the 80s just to open a window into a different world that a lot of people don't get to see on their everyday Yeah, totally. So I called them up. They gave me access. They allowed me to shoot some video. I said, hey, and the video just starts with me saying, hey, you want to see what a $50 million New York City apartment looks like? Let's go. And, and, by the us. Way, and by the way, who doesn't want to see what the inside of a $50 million apartment looks like? Everybody wants to see that. Yeah, everyone wants to see that. So we put it to some really crazy hip hop music that the 20-year-olds like, and I'm a hip hop fan as well. But it's like that video overnight went viral. Now, since then, it's had over 5 million views. And within a week, I had about 90,000 followers. That was my first TikTok video ever. It just Amazing. went crazy. Then we just expanded it. Like she knew what things to, to um, highlight, what things not to highlight. Um, she ended up going, leaving me and going full time to a social media company. And then I got another uh, social media manager and we did a video on an off market $25 million property. That video went viral. It so far has had 17 million views on TikTok. Oh my that gosh. went crazy. That then someone memes are asked me if I can post that on their Instagram channel. I said, yes. And overnight I went from 5,000 Instagram followers to 20,000 Instagram followers from that memes are one. So I'll tell you how crazy it is. I was just in London. My wife's English just like last weekend. We just got back on Sunday just last Sunday from London. We went there to, to, for a friend's birthday. I'm at this dinner on Friday night. There was about 30 of us at the dinner. And my friends, my wife's best friend's nephew and niece were sitting next to me. He's seven, he's maybe 16. I think he's 17. And the niece was 18 years old. And they're like, oh, what do you do in New York? And I'm like, well, I work in real estate. And we were just like chit-chatting. And it came up, you know, I wanted to impress them because it was like 18-year-old and 17-year-old. I was like, you know, I have have a TikTok channel. And they're like, oh, do you? You've got a TikTok (laughs) channel, do you? Very nice. And I'm like, actually, I have about 300,000 followers. They're like, oh, wow, really? I'm like, um, told them, you know, I do all these crazy real estate videos. So like, let me look you up. They looked me up and they both follow me. They're like, oh, my God, we follow you. Look. And they showed me the video of the, that, that of the $40, $50 million property and the $25 million property. And literally these two teenagers in London that I had just met at this dinner are, are followers of mine on TikTok. Amazing. Um, and then after that dinner, 
we went to another friend of my wife's house and we're chit-chatting and I'm telling his 14-year-old son, this uh, 14-year-old daughter and 16-year-old son, the same story. Like, how crazy is it? Like, I'm, I'm big with the teenagers in London. And, um, and literally the son, the older one, the 16-year-old also follows me. Amazing. Isn't yeah. that funny? So just the reach of TikTok is absolutely amazing. And, and I'll tell you, it's great because it drives traffic to my Instagram channel. It allows TikTok's fun because I get to be a little bit more irreverent and a little bit sillier because yeah. the it skews like 16 to 24 years. Yeah, lo lower stakes there. Yeah, for sure. Right. But the sellers, they love it when, I, when I'm pitching a listing that oh, sure. I am very um, adept at reaching wide audiences. I was in New York Magazine in October of 2022 um, as a real estate influencer. Um, you know, it's, it's brought me to people like yourself where I've been able to do podcasts and, you know, spread my message of how, you know, I, how much I love to help people in their real estate journeys. Um, and, and I really see no downside to it. People ask me, have you gotten business from TikTok or gotten business from Instagram where I can say yes, because I have real estate agents who follow me on these various social media channels on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram who've given me referrals. I just am closing one today from someone from Minnesota. Um, I have another one from Silicon Valley, uh, uh, someone that I'm helping. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, I've gotten business, but I don't necessarily look at Instagram and TikTok as lead generation tools. I use them as marketing tools. And the marketing helps me get more people to follow me, helps me in my lead generation to the you know individuals here in New York City who are looking to buy, sell, rent, event, or invest because they see what I'm doing and it adds another level of um, trust. They you also know, get to see me being my authentic self, you know, which is important. Yeah, I I think there's a lot going on there. I think number one, of course, your background mm -hmm. and as as a creative um, is gets gets put to use in a fun way that really allows you to. To to talk up to, to really put these productions on um, and, and put them on social media with you know you get to write the scripts you get to direct you get to choreograph you get to really yeah. make make as a as a director which is what you are and were uh, you get to do that again and cast and and do all the sort of it, it's really you're basically doing the, a very similar thing but what honestly I, what I love, like seventeen million views on a video that I created. I mean, I don't know what television show I can yeah. create and put on a TV channel and get 17 million viewers on it. It's, I just came to the understanding and, you know, I was meeting and, and, and talking with um, a real estate agent who is on a number of these reality shows and stuff and, you know, really liked the person and, and we had a great synergy. Um, unfortunately, it ended up not working out. It wasn't the, really the right thing, the right time. And we couldn't really figure out the best deal. But I thought to myself, you know what? what? I could create my own stuff. I could create my own shows. I have, through social media, there's billions of people out there who are interested in looking at the lifestyles of, you know, properties in New York City. And I have a budget from Corcoran. And I have a budget, you know, I, I enhance that out of pocket. And I could create these little... 30 second to two minute to five minute little vignettes 
that are entertaining. And, you know, I love entertaining people. I love making them smile. I love, you know, being on camera and being in front of people. That's just part of my personality. I'm slightly, I'm like an extrovert introvert in that way. Um, But uh, it's really allowed me to do, you know, enjoy myself and entertain people at the same time spread, you know, grow my business. So... Yeah, I, I love one thing that you said that even sort of surprised me because I'm so conditioned when I have guests on who talk about uh, social media in particular, it's all about how it drives business, right? And you were like, well, yes, I'm sure it does, and and but but that's number one, that's not really why I do it. Um, it's more about my overall marketing strategy because, yes, maybe there aren't a lot of, you know, people who are buying $20 million homes who are looking for their agent on TikTok. However, um, somebody in their orbit might might watch this video or they might watch this video. They might get, get a little chuckle. And then because of how successful the videos are, you know, other outlets are going to pick up on how successful you are being uh, on these social platforms. And they're writing about, you mentioned, you know, being in magazine and, and also winning awards and, yeah. and all of those things. It's, it's all about, we're really, what we're talking about is branding and, and yeah. you're, you're getting to do something that I think most realtors don't, don't allow themselves to do, which is to be silly, to be fun, to be fun. I mean, you know, even if we look at, you know, the photos that realtors use that are oftentimes 15 years old, you know, they, they don't even have fun with their photos. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a very buttoned down kind of kind of world. And you're you're doing, you know, more of who you authentically are. It, it, and exactly. it's certainly not hurting any part of your business either. In fact, it's helping and your reach is insane. And yeah, yes, and I'm able to share my knowledge. So we yeah. do. Um, I work with a, a great um social media strategist, Kim Ripberg uh, of Henry Street Media, who we discussed. And, you know, she did a deep dive into all of my social media platforms. And and we discussed what's working, what's not working, what we could do more of, what we could do less of. And so we temper a lot of these fun videos with educational videos, where I could talk about things that are really important to buyers, sellers, renters, and investors right now. And we're working, you know, we're going through a very complicated, uh, complex, interesting, uh, exciting time with the economy in real estate in finance. And it's important to share, you know, my expertise, my knowledge, my take on things in order to help people as well. So video is an incredibly effective way to reach people without getting having to get in the same room with them it's really hard like getting into the same room with a lot of people um you know but i could i could text them a video of how i do my marketing i could text them a video of how i market a property or text them a video of me talking about you know how to be effective in a multiple bid situation on a buy side or a sell side and now or even or even to talk, and, and apologize for interrupting, but yeah, I say, no. or even right now, again at the time of this taping, maybe this will this will be a a, a distant memory, but maybe not. Um, but talking about, hey, the banks, you know, we we've had three bank failures in in the U.S. right now, and the, yeah. and there's now discussion about how that may in in fact impact rate lo- lending rates, and and again, I know you know some a lot of the space that you play in loans aren't aren't as uh, maybe as common although i'm no, sure no, they, they are. are they're very they're very common i mean we do a lot of cash deals we do a ton of financing deals of course you know and real estate and this is me coming from a real estate guy that's one thing that i can understand 
to me, stocks, I, I don't have a great understanding of stocks. Like I don't have a great understanding of, of things that I can't look at, look at and touch. When I am looking at a home, I can go in it. I know that I can rent it. I know that I can do a lot of things with this property. And so as a matter of fact, earlier today, we just had an inspection on an investment property that I'm buying in Pennsylvania because I'm feeling like, what do I want my money sitting in a bank right now? Better, better to put it in a property where I can get a rent. People will always need a place to live. Rents might and, go up. And a K-1 <laughs> every year yeah. to help. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, there's, to me, in my experience of 23 years of doing this, um, you know, real estate's always been, if you understand it, if you have a good, you know, advice from a financial manager, from a CPA and a great real estate agent, um, you know, it's always been a very um, good way place to put your money. And again, you could look at it, you could fix it up, you can add value to it. You know, there's a ton of things and there's tax benefits to it as well. So, you know, the video stuff is, it's one thing to have all the fun, which I, I love doing. And again, like when I meet someone, let's say I'm cold calling someone or prospecting on the phone, I'm calling a past client or I'm calling uh, a place in my geographic farm, they might not read all my postcards. They might not pick up the phone every time I call, but if I text them a video that's 30 seconds long, they're probably gonna look at it. But you know what? We do all three. So I'm sending a, a postcard with a QR code that links to the video that takes them to my website. Then I'm taking that same video, I'm dividing it up into 30 second snippets. You're clipping it out. Feeding, yeah. yeah, and clipping that out on my social media. And then everything then comes back to the property if I'm selling that property. So all of that helps the property's SEO, which will push it higher in a Google search. And so, you know, we 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 do it all. We do print, we do video, we do digital ads, we have our website. I pick up the phone and call, and everything is connected and everything links together so that we're really um, you know, reaching people everywhere where they're looking and where they're where they're seeing. And and uh, it's it's a great way for them get to, to get to know me. Because someone, you know, you call someone up, they're at work, they might not have 10 minutes or even five minutes to like chit chat with you and get to know you on the phone. But then when I shoot them a text and I say, hey, this is Randy from the Corcoran Group. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Please give me a ring whenever you're free. Then they can see my face. They can hear my voice. It's it's a it's a bit of a different connection. And so, quick quick, quick question with with the text videos, uh, only because our, our audience would was going to email me afterwards and say, why didn't you ask this? Um, are you using like BombBomb or Loom to make those videos, or are you just doing those natively through your phone? Or yeah, you know, I used to use BombBomb, and I still have an account with BombBomb. I don't use BombBomb as much because. I'm able to to do it in other ways. So sometimes I'll just direct, I'll just send them a text directly. Sure. Um, I use MailChimp for my newsletters and there's videos on all my MailChimp. I like driving people to my website because I'm able to capture a lot of their information when they go on my website. So when I'm sending a postcard, we'll use a QR code that links to my website. I don't even use business cards anymore. I use this um, flow code. Yeah. I have flow code just on my phone. 
And whenever I'm meeting people at a convention or on the street or wherever, and they're like, do you have a card? I'm just like, just take a picture of my flow code. Yeah. Then my contact information comes up with links to all of my different social media channels. And it's much better than always remembering a card. I do have one card that I carry around with my flow code on the back too. And if someone sure. wants a card, then I give them that card. I'll put a couple more cards in my wallet as well. But um, Randy, I have to say, from it's funny your your energy is is not only infectious, but but I, I will tell you the the sort of the vibe I'm getting, and I don't even like that word, but it's it's an embarrassing word that I wish I had a better word for. But the the energy that I'm getting from you is you really really enjoy your business and you you get to be creative you get to do fun things on social media and, and so you get to be entertaining on social media and educational so you get to sort of do both if you want to be silly and put together a fun musical you could do that uh, a short musical yeah. or if you want to talk about hey here's here's what's happening in the market right now that you should be aware of or hey you want to see what the inside of this fancy place um, you get to have a lot of fun, but you're also still grinding it out in the yeah. business because that's that's the business. So it seems like you have a and you have all these marketing channels working for you. Um, you're hitting people in all mediums. You're hitting them with with mailers. You're hitting them with texts, uh, video, uh, social media, uh, your website, and and you're just. It seems like you're just having a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. It's always something different. I have an awesome team. We have an operations manager. We have two uh, junior agents. We have a marketing assistant who's also going to be a new junior agent. We have a social media manager. It's really fun dealing with all of these great people who kind of help make the magic happen. And, and also, I just love helping people, helping people. You know, back when I was doing the theater stuff, I loved working with actors. I, I enjoyed being a director more than being an actor because being a director, you have a, you're responsible for a lot of people's success. Um, yeah, you're responsible for helping them be the best versions of themselves and 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 getting their own success, right? Um, and taking people in a certain direction, um, taking the audience on a journey, taking the actors and the designers and you know the the. These, these, these amazing individuals who've put their faith in you on, on, a, on a journey to a successful place. And I see my work in real estate in, in very much the same way. When I'm hired by a seller, you know, I'm given a task to help them you know, realize their dreams you know, with the sale of this property or with the purchase of this property. There's a lot of pressure um, on, on us as real estate professionals to help the um the process goes smoothly my wife's english i just said this to someone yesterday my mantra is like from queen elizabeth keep calm and carry on yeah you know, let let the, let let everybody do their thing but i'm the calm calming factor in the situation and and i love negotiating i mean that's that's fun too and and because i i grinded it out so hardcore in my early years i have that grinding mentality I mean, yeah. if you're trying to make it in New York in anything, especially right. acting, directing, right. writing, the creative arts, you've got to grind it out. If you're getting into real estate, you know, a lot of these real estate shows, they make it seem so easy, but they make it seem so easy because the, the people on these shows have already reached a level in their careers that allowed them to be on the show and make it look easy. The behind the scenes is like a little hamster in a wheel, like running, yeah. running, running. That's like yeah. going on inside me like all the time. Sure. And uh, and 
you know, it, it's tough. It takes work. You don't get paid right away in sales and you've right. got to constantly be looking in, in, in all directions. You know, every single day I come to the office and we're like, okay, how many people can I call today? How many appointments can I make today? How many New Yorkers can I help today? You know, it's not like, oh, I have a bunch of deals in the, in the, in the pipeline or, or in contract. And now I'm ready to go like buy a bunch of fancy shit that nobody needs, you know, like you're you're still the guy, you're still the guy on, on the couch or on the floor going, I got to make this work. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And, and you have that mentality and that, that is an amazing thing. It's it's a gift. Yeah, I have a lot of people that depend on me. I mean, I look at, you know, the the brokers, the agents that work on my team, not as how much money can they make me, but like how much money can I make them, you know, that I want to feed them as much, you know, give them as many tools, feed them as much business, help them become successful or else number one, they're just going to leave me. Uh, and number two, it's it's just not who I am. Like I'm here to make them the best versions of themselves. I, I love coaching. I, I want to help them. If I help them be great, it's just going to come back to me. I have my kids. I have my wife. I have, you know, this whole, this whole community that I, of, of clients that are depending on me to not take my foot off the gas. Yeah. Now I have fun. I like to go on vacations. I like to ski. I like to sit out at a beach but I'm the guy who's on the beach still looking on my phone, answering emails. I'm the guy in the chairlift who's still looking on my phone and answering emails. Not, and, and it's not like, Oh God, I've got to do this now. Oh, you want to, but it, it, it's like, it's like, if I don't do this, then Mr. And Mrs. Smith aren't going to be able to like move to Florida. And that's right. like important for me. You know, yeah. I, I feel responsible for them. And so it's that emotional connection. I could do a deal and get paid a massive fee but if my clients aren't happy, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, yeah. I'm happy that I get to pay my rent and, and, and help my kids go to camp or whatever. Of course, that's a necessity. But, um, but it's, it doesn't feel as good if the person that I'm helping doesn't, it doesn't smile at the end and know yeah. that we went through something important together. And uh, not that I need the appreciation at all. I just want them happy, you know? Yeah. Well, well, getting the appreciation is just validation that you met someone else's needs and you took care of them in the, and, yeah. and that's your responsibility. And you, yeah, you take yeah. that very seriously and you also get to have fun on the side, uh, exactly. meaning, you know, all your, all your marketing and, 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 you know, your branding efforts, your personal stuff that you do with, with your yeah. family. Um, we had the best time yesterday. I was in Dumbo with my social media manager and we were touring this penthouse that is just the most spectacular views um just unbelievable views absolutely this this beautiful penthouse and then we were walking around dumbo it was a beautiful day my social media manager was asking me questions kind of like this how did i get involved in real estate what advice do i have to buyers and sellers and you know yeah. whatnot and and then i'm like let's let's go to the brooklyn ice cream factory and get some ice cream we've got to get this place this is a great business i love highlighting local businesses all around new york and so she's then asking me questions as I'm in line getting ice cream. And then we're walking around and I'm answering questions, walking on the Brooklyn Heights promenade with the entire view yeah. of Manhattan in the background. Yeah, not, not a I'm bad like place to be. Pistachio. It was just, it was, it was like this perfect moment where. Yeah. What a New York I'm moment. Like, I'm so lucky. Thank God that I was able, I'm able to do something that I enjoy 
that I'm able to help people, and then I'm able to, you know, make a difference in, in some people's lives at a at a intense time. Yeah. I have one last question for you because we 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 of course know that everybody struggles, everyone has challenges, everybody makes mistakes as yeah. well. And and it's for the first four years of me doing this show, I, I never asked this question because it didn't occur to me, and then I realized, oh sometimes it's good to, to identify, you know, where people struggle. Right. And, and even somebody like you, who's had this amazing success that you've, that you've created, that you are responsible for, and you get all that, all of that credit. I am curious, what is a mistake that either you made earlier in your career, maybe you're making it now or, or something that just isn't yet perfect, just so that our audience knows Randy's a real guy and still struggles. That's a hundred percent. I struggle all the time. Like I, I, I was never diagnosed with ADHD because they did not do that in my day. They just told me I was a dreamer. Randy, <laughs> Randy, you're always freaking. You, you can't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, you can't pay attention. You can't focus. Right. So, you know, mistakes would come if I am just kind of all over the place, right? When I'm, it's hard for me to focus on a task for more than a certain period of time before my attention goes to all these other places. And so that's, that's something that I've struggled with that I continue to struggle with literally every single day. And so one way to kind of ameliorate that, that defect or that whatever in my personality, uh, my difficulty in kind of that hyper, if I'm into something, you hyper -focus. Certain yeah. yeah, I hyper focus. Like yeah. if it's doing a bunch of paperwork or writing a listing description, it's really hard for me. So I found amazingly talented people to, de de to delegate some of these responsibilities to. I think a lot of real estate agents, they want to do everything themselves. Sure. Some things I'm better at than others. Some things I'm worse at than others. I'm not good at the paperwork, the admin tasks. I'll procrastinate on a lot of that stuff. I'm very detail-oriented. So if it's in, we're talking about applications or board packages... When I had to do it all myself, I'd hyper-focus on it. But then, you know, it's hard for me now. So I'm able to say, you know what, Randy, you've got to give up some of this control. You've got to let other people who love that kind of stuff do that kind of stuff. And it's hard to find great people. Yeah. And plus with real estate agents, again, I feel like a lot of real estate agents look, they don't look at the big picture. They look at each different commission check and feel like they need to get all of the money right? They need to get as much of that commission check as possible. But in, but real estate, I've found we have a pretty good margin. Like the money that I put into my marketing is not 30% of what I'm getting at that commission. And when I was working for Broadway producers, they 30% of their budget is like getting butts in seats. Yeah, right. Sure. So I feel like, you know, I, I invest a lot more in my business than I think a lot of other brokers invest in their business simply because I'm looking at my business like a business yeah. and I'm trying to always come at things from a perspective of abundance rather than a perspective of scarcity that, you know what? I have deals right now in the pipeline. I have listings right now on the market and I have certain things in contract, but, but that only takes me down a certain amount of months. Right. I don't know what the hell I'm doing in November. I don't know. <laughs> what new listings am I going to list in, in October? I don't know. Right. I, I have listings coming on the market through the spring, a couple things maybe in the summer, but beyond that, I don't know. But guess what? I've been doing this a while now and I've learned that, you know what? 
it will come. Put yourself out there, talk to people, be a member of your community, give back, and it will come. Come from a place of abundance. And so, you know, I don't know how I got there from my inability to focus, but it was, you know, hiring people. You know, agents need to hire an assistant, get an assistant. You're going to be able to do more of what you're great at if you can hire an assistant to pick up the things that you're not great at. Don't do everything yourself because you're going to make more mistakes and you're going to not have as much fun. And, you know, don't don't look at things from scarcity. You know, if you've been in the business for a while, trust, lean into your community, trust the people that you've helped over the course of your career. If you're new in the business, okay, don't blow all of your first commission on marketing. Take a third of it, put it in your savings account. Take a third of it, put it in an account just to run your business. Take a third of it and put it towards taxes, right? Yeah. If you can just divide your checks into thirds like that, you'll, all, you'll start building your savings. You'll start building your tax savings. And you'll always know that, you know what? This account is to run my business and I'm going to use it to run my business. I'm not just going to go out and buy crazy stuff or go out to fancy dinners or whatever, but go step by step by step and hire great people to pick up those tasks that you're not great at. And it will just, your business will, will flourish. I think. Per- perfectly said and a great place to wrap up. I want everyone who's listening to, um, if you have any clients that are moving to the New York city area, Randy and his team would love the opportunity to, or you may be a buyer or a seller yourself. I suspect we have some listeners who aren't real estate professionals. So if you have somebody who's either moving there as an, as an agent or somebody who is maybe looking to move to the area themselves, uh, Randy and his team would love the opportunity. Again, all price points, uh, welcome, um, reach out to Randy, go to baruteam.com, B-A-R-U-H, team.com. And we're going to have links to this all in the show notes. Please, please follow Randy on his social media channels. They are for Instagram and YouTube. It's Randy Baru, just one name. I'll get links to these in the show notes as well. And his big TikTok success, Randy underscore Baru. Again, we'll have those links there for you. And we'll have links to some of Randy's uh, most popular videos. You can see what a former theater director uh, does with his productions because, um, boy, I can't wait to see these. I'm really excited to. And also, on behalf of everyone that's listening, we want to thank Randy for his time today. He's a busy guy. He's running a team he's doing uh, a lot of production and he made time for us which means he made time for you so we all collectively say thank you to randy for for sharing that time with us and also on behalf of randy and myself we don't want to forget about you the listener and or the viewer because you're the reason we do the show um and we are so grateful that you're here our show has actually never been more popular and i i don't think that's because of me it's because of great guests like randy so we appreciate you randy uh for all of your hard work and your willingness to come on and and uh, share how the how the donuts are made, I guess, as the as, as an exp- expression. Um, and you're the first person to ever bring up a Michael J. Fox reference and use the word ameliorate. So I am. Uh, I have, I've done 500 episodes. And Amazing. I, I've, uh, those are two. So um, anyway, Randy, it was such a pleasure. Please follow Thank Randy you on so TikTok. Much. Yeah, we, we are so, so much. This was such a fun time. And uh, anyway, everyone listening, thank you for continuing to support our show. Tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that's struggling right now. Guess what? It's 2023. Almost every realtor is struggling. Let 
give them this sort of uh, send them a link to this episode because not only is Randy infectious in, in his energy, but he's also gave a lot of really good tips about how to sort of think about your business more holistically and how to have fun uh, while grinding it out. So send them a link on um, our website's keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode can be streamed right from a browser. If the person isn't like a podcast person, just have them go to the website. If they are a podcast person, do a search for Keeping It Real. Hit that subscribe button. We're on all channels and we will appreciate it. And let us know what you think of the show too. Give us a review. Unless it's a bad review, then just keep it to yourself. But if it's a, no, I'm kidding. I, any, any feedback is good because we always want to improve. Um, we appreciate the the good reviews and also the ones that tell us what the people are looking for that's different. So let us know. This is your show. This is for you. So let us know. All right, Randy, it was such a pleasure. Um, we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Randy. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs>